Good morning, Friendswood. Oh, come on. Good morning, Friendswood. My, will you uh, join with me and welcome our Houston and our League City campus? They're joining us today. Welcome, everybody. I'm so glad that I'm able to talk to you on this beautiful Sunday morning. And uh, I really believe that the Lord has something great for our church today. And I am thankful that we are entering into our legacy series. This is a yearly series. It it revolves around a day of giving. November the 12th is our annual legacy offering. This is the big offering that we take every year for missions. And, And if you have your legacy card, you can see this year we're going to be Uh, working and supporting Revive Israel. This is a group of both Arab and Jewish followers of Jesus Christ that are preaching the gospel in the Middle East there and and in the area where there's so much conflict right now. And I'm so thankful that we can just sow into that ministry and believe God's going to really help them. And and I'm I'm, I'm standing in faith believing that God is going to, uh, that there's going to be a mighty revival there. And then the other thing that I really love about our legacy offering is we are partnering with churches around the world. We're partnering with a church in Mexico, an incredible pastor there. And then in Lithuania, our good friends, the Millers in the country of the Philippines, Pastor Jennifer Enzo. And and the thing I love about these pastors is they don't just minister to their church, but they're really a hub for preaching the gospel to the area that they're in. And then this year we're adding a great ministry, uh, a ministry in Madrid, Spain, that is reaching so many people. And I'm thankful for that. Uh, We're also um, partnering with local ministries, our own Matthew chapter 25 ministry from uh, Langdon and uh, Jessica Cassidy. They do such an amazing job feeding the homeless here. In the city of Houston, the sanctuary, which is uh, in the League City area, helps um, foster parents, brings children into foster parents, trains foster parents. I'm so glad that we're being a part of that. And then just families in crisis. Also, uh, there is a portion of that that goes to help just accelerate the ministries of Life Church. And I just appreciate so much. And this is what I would say to this morning. I would ask you to pray about what the Lord would have you to give, what the Lord would ask you to participate in this offering. And, and, and I know that in times past, we've said, this is what we want. We want to give this amount of money or we want to raise this amount of money for these ministries. But this year, my son came to me and uh, Bo and said, Dad, I think instead of saying we want to raise this amount of money, what we really uh, and what I'm feeling in my heart is we want to say, let's have 100 percent participation, because I believe that if the, the church will participate 100 percent, we'll have all of the uh, needs met. And so this is what I would ask for you to do, whatever you can give, whatever you can be a part of. Let's shoot for 100% all of our families being a part of giving to this incredible offering that will bless so many people. Uh, I got a message just the other day from one of our pastors that we uh, support, and he was just so thankful telling me about the wonderful things that are happening in their church. Already started two more churches in the last couple of years out of his church, and, and I'm just so thankful. So Uh, Again, appreciate your prayers for that. And uh, this is our legacy. Our legacy is to be a generous church. That's the way that we've always been. That's the way that my mother and father um, brought this church in. I've got a little story about that later in my sermon. Uh, But uh, I want us to continue to match that calling and that legacy of being a giving church. Well, today we kick off our legacy Series. I hope that you have your little hand out there. If you don't, raise your hand. I know a usher will get that to you. A little folder here that you can keep your sermon notes in. Uh, today I'm going to be uh, preaching about something. I'll tell you that in just a few moments. Next week, your campus pastors will be preaching about building a personal spiritual legacy. I think that's something that all of us want. We want to leave something spiritual behind us, something to help the next generation. And then November the 12th, We're going to be taking the offering and also 
a message about the legacy of life church. Today, I want to preach about the miracle of participation. The miracle of participation. And I'm reading from a passage of scripture. I actually preached from this passage just about six weeks ago, but I really felt directed back to this passage. Um, and, And so I want to read again this story of Jesus going on to Simon's boat and this great catch of fish. We find it in Luke chapter 5, and I'll start reading there at verse number 1. So it was, as the multitude pressed about Jesus to hear the word of God, that he stood by the lake, and he saw two boats standing by the lake, but the fishermen had gone from them and were washing their nets. And he got into one of the boats, which was Simon's, and he asked him, to put out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the multitudes from the boat. When he stopped speaking, he said to Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets. Notice it's nets, it's plural, for a catch. And Simon answered and said, Master, we've toiled all night and we've caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, we'll let down the net. I'm going to throw one out, Lord, just because I love you. Uh, And when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish and their net was breaking. They signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats. So they were beginning to seek. Now, I want you to listen to this. Verse number eight. This is the one I really want you to notice. Luke five and eight. When Simon Peter saw it, the fish, the catch of fish, he fell down at Jesus's feet saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish. These are professional fishermen. They're astonished at what's happened. James and John, the sons of Zebedee, were there also. Then Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid. From now on, you will catch men. This is an amazing story, and, and, and when we read this account in the book of Matthew, it almost seems that this is the first meeting that Jesus has with Simon Peter. In Matthew, he walks on the shore, he says, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. But, but here, Luke lets us know that this isn't really where the story starts for Jesus and Simon, If we go back into Luke chapter 4, this is what we read starting in verse number 38. Now he arose from the synagogue and entered Simon's house. This is Jesus going to Simon's house. But Simon's wife's mother, the mother-in-law, was sick with a high fever and they made request of him concerning her. So he stood over her and rebuked the fever And it left her, and immediately she arose and served them. So the first time that we really see Jesus and Simon together, Jesus walks into his house, and there is a miracle that takes place. Simon's mother-in-law is healed, gets out of the bed, and starts serving. Amazing story. But, But that isn't even where the story ends, because if you go on to verse number 40, the very next verse... When the sun was setting, all those who had any that were sick with various disease brought them to him, and he laid his hands on every one of them and healed them. And demons came out of many, crying out, saying, You are the Christ, the Son of God. And he, rebuking them, did not allow them to speak, for they knew that he was the Christ. I I want you to listen to this. I want you to catch this. Simon's house has become the focal point of miracles. He, he heals the mother-in-law. The mother-in-law gets up and starts serving. Now, I don't know if it was the news of her healing that spread, but all of a sudden, people from all over the area, if they had anybody sick, they say, pack up, we're, we're going to Simon's house. And I don't know if it was in his living room. I don't know if it was in his front porch. But when they bring all of these people that are sick, This is what Jesus does. He heals them. He heals them. He he heals all of them. And not only does he heal them, those that are there that are possessed by evil spirits, he casts them out. I I just want you to agree with me. I, I think you will agree with me 
that this is an amazing supernatural event that is taking place on Simon's front porch, that's taking place in Simon's house. I want you to think about what Simon Peter must have seen, and, and, and yet we, we don't see the surrender in Simon Peter's life at this point. It's not until we go to the next chapter, the story we've already read, where there is this mass, massive fishing miracle, and, and that's when... See, Simon falls down at Jesus' feet and says, I am a sinful man, O oh Lord. I, it, it didn't move him when his mother-in-law was healed. I, I, I'm sure he loved his mother-in-law. I don't think that's an issue here. But if I read the scripture right, the miracle of the mother-in-law didn't change him. I, I, I'm sure that he was amazed when he watched all of those that were from his area be healed. I, I, I'm sure that was something that he was like, man, this is awesome. But it didn't change him. What was going through his mind when he saw all of these that were demon-possessed just be delivered? And, and it's amazing, yet he's unchanged. And yet a, 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 a catch of fish is what moves him. A, a catch of fish... and. And I've known some fishermen that get pretty excited over catching a fish. So, uh, I, but I don't think that's really it. I think that there's something more to it. And when he sees this massive catch of fish, he falls to his knees, the knees of, at, at the feet of Jesus, and he says, "I am a sinful man, O Lord." This is what I want you to see from this story this morning. I want you to see the miracle of participation. You see, when the miracles happened at his house, when the mother-in-law was healed, when the people in the area were healed, when the demons were cast out, Simon was only a spectator. He was only someone that was sitting on the sidelines watching. And it really, in this story... When we see Jesus become involved in Simon's life, this is where the change takes place. And it really leads us to how God truly changes us. Listen now, by involving us. He changes us by involving us. And he'll do his deepest work in our not life, not, not only allow him to work in you, but when we allow him to say, Lord, I want you to work through me. I, I think a lot of us want the Lord to work in us, but that change that really needs to take place, the change where we make a difference in the world around us is when we say, Lord, don't only work in me, work through me. The miracle of participation. Will, will you just say, Lord, work through me today? Lord, work through me today. And the way this happens it's not by spectating. It's not being a spectator. Not, not standing on the front porch and saying, wow, that's awesome. But it's about participation. And I know God will do great things in your life, but there are some miracles that you'll never see. There's some purposes that you'll never find until you participate with what God has for your life. And in this story of Simon... We see this miracle. Jesus is walking by the lake. There's two fishing boats, vessels there. They're unmanned. There's no catch. And, and the picture that we see here is really very, very simple. These men have fished all day. They've toiled. They've worked. They've caught nothing. So now they've given up. They're actually on the shore Washing their nets and and Jesus walks up on the situation while they're watching their washing their nets and and he says to Simon after he's been in the boat for a few minutes preaching he says hey Simon let's go fishing now now do you believe that Simon was feeling like fishing at that moment do you, do you think that there was something inside of him that said man I can't wait to get back out there I mean the the scripture has already told us that he has fished all night. And they've caught nothing. And this is what I want you to see. My first point is that Jesus will not ask you if you feel like it. 
When the Lord wants to use you, he's not going to say, are your feelings okay about this? Simon obviously is having a bad day. Isn't it funny how we allow our feelings so many times to tell us what to do, to direct us? I don't feel like it. I don't want to. And we allow our emotions to tell us what to do when we don't feel like. But but you'd never feel your way into participation. You, you, you faith your way into participation. You, you never feel your way into participation. You faith your way into participation. And, and rarely, listen to me, rarely will the flesh feel like doing something spiritual. Rarely will the flesh feel like doing something that is noteworthy or that will be something that will be used by God. And, and so one of the lessons that we learn early in our life is that that if we're going to be followers of Jesus Christ, we have to know I'm not flesh-led. It's not about my feelings. I'm not feeling-led. I am spirit-led. I have to listen to that voice that's down a little bit deeper than the emotions that I have on the surface. And and whenever something spiritual comes up, you, you can't access how you feel to react to it. You have to listen to what the Spirit of God wants to say in us. We walk by faith. Everybody say, we walk by faith. Not by sight. I, I, I love this saying. I love this scripture because it tells me that the opposite of faith is sight. So many times we see things that, that causes us to be fearful or causes us to be doubtful. And the truth is, we don't walk by sight. It's by Faith, the opposite of faith is to spectate, to be a spectator. And and I just wonder how many people miss out on the miracle of participation just because they don't feel like it, just because it's not convenient, just because they feel like I'll just watch, I'll just spectate, I'll just sit back. Someone else will do it. I don't have to feel the pressure. God, you know, I've really, it's a bad time for me. God, I've had a bad day. I've had a bad week. I've had a bad year. I've had a bad life. Whatever it is, we have a way of saying, come back at a better time, Lord. Don't, don't, don't call me right now. Come back at a better time. But, but the miracle of participation teaches us That Jesus will never ask us if we feel like it because there's always a legitimate reason for us to say no. The flesh is always going to come up with something that says no. That's why we're called believers. Everybody say, I'm a believer. And we're not called feelers. We're called believers. The second thing I see in this story is that we should expect A big ask from God. We should expect God to ask us something. Jesus, when he says, Simon, let's go fishing. It's not just something that is a lark. It's not just something that is a hobby. It's not just something that let's do for fun. He is talking about Simon's livelihood. He's talking about Simon's business. He's talking about how Simon feeds His family. This is what Jesus is doing when he says, let's go fishing. He is inviting himself into Simon's personal business. Simon, you spent your whole life building this. Maybe your father and the grandfather and great-grandfather. However long it's been in your family, you've worked on this. You've spent your whole life. You've studied how to catch fish. You've studied what bait to use. You've studied the times. And listen, I'm glad that you've done all that, Simon. But there's something that is greater for you to do. So for you to get, for me to be able to get you to the place where you're willing to be a fisher of men, I'm going to get on the boat with you and I'm going to get right into the middle of your business I I just wonder how many people miss out on the miracle of participation because they want to tell Jesus Lord listen you've got Sunday morning two hours buddy you better use it however you need to because you know then I'm off and I'm doing my thing Lord you can have this part of my life but but don't don't infringe on this area of my life 
And, and I have to wonder, and, and all of our campuses, let me ask you, has Jesus ever asked you to do something where you've already concluded it's too far? It, I can't do it. And, and, and I'll tell you that if, if you haven't been there, then you haven't really experienced the miracle of participation. I'm going to give you a personal story. I, I have had a burden for several years for the children in the Philippines that have been sex trafficked. It, it is, um, it is a, a problem there just like it is all around the world. And, and, and there's not the resources in that nation really to, to help. And so about nine months ago, there was a big group, the International Justice Mission, that, that approached uh, Sheeny and, and talked to us about Ima's home and, and talked to us about maybe uh, launching another campus for these children that they have rescued. There's been so many children that have been rescued from that lifestyle and from that abuse. And, and it's not the type of situation where these children can be a part of the home that we already have. You, you can't mix the two. The, the children that have been rescued from sex trafficking, they, they need very special care, very special therapy. They need to be in a smaller group. And, and so I, I talked about it with Sheeny. I talked about it with Nancy. Nancy and I really prayed about it. And, and to tell you the truth, it, it was just more than we could do. It, it was more than we could bite off. It, it was like, you know, Lord, I, I just can't do that right now. Nancy and I made the decision. Let's just put it on the back burner. And, and uh, so that's what we did. And, and then I, I made the mistake of going and seeing a movie called The Sound of Freedom. Did anybody see that movie? I, I just, if you haven't seen it, you need to see it. And I'm in this movie, and it's a movie that is based on a true story of um, uh, an American that goes down into Colombia and helps rescue children that have been uh, sold into uh, the, the sex trade and sex trafficked and and I'm sitting in the, I'm thankful that those theaters are dark sometimes and I didn't know anybody there and, you know, tears are running down my face. It was a little bit comforting because I heard everybody else sniffling around me. You know, the, 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 it's such a powerful, powerful movie. When it was over, I go out into the lobby and the theater is pretty empty at this particular time. There's nobody outside of the theater that I was in. And I'm, I'm standing in the lobby and I'm actually praying. God, I, I feel the call to action, but I don't know what to do with it. I, I, I got my phone out and I started texting some of my pastor friends. I'm on a thread with them and we spend time encouraging, laughing. You know, it's a, it's a great group of guys. And and I said, this is what I'm feeling, guys. Please pray for me. And instantly they start coming back. And they said, we're praying, Jim. We're praying. We know that God's got something for you. And so I went home. I told Nancy. I said, look, I, I don't know what's going to happen. I, I just feel this call to action. And, and um, went by a couple of days. And, and a couple of days after I had prayed this prayer, I get a text on my phone. And it's a text that is from somebody that I don't know, which is, pretty normal. My telephone number's out there, so I get a lot of people that I don't have any idea who they are until I start an interaction with them. And, and the text was, um, Pastor, um, are you the one that is the founder of Ima's Home in the Philippines? And I, I came back, yes. And to, to make the story a little bit shorter, I'm not going to shorten it all the way, but to make it a little bit shorter, this woman was a Filipino that works in the Dallas area that is a, involved in the dental uh, industry. I, I'm not for sure if she's a dentist or a dental hygienist or, or what, whatever she is. And, and she had a customer that would come in that was a friend of mine, Dale Fout, who has passed away. But he told her about Ima's home. She said to me, Pastor... Last week, I was watching a movie called The Sound of Freedom. And I couldn't finish the movie because when I was a child, I grew up in an orphanage in the Philippines. And I knew 
that my reaction to the movie was calling for me to do something with the property that I have in the Philippines. She said, 10 years ago, I built this home. It's on a, I've seen the pictures. It's a large home, swimming pool, large area of land. And she said, because of situations that happened there, I had to leave. And for 10 years, it's not been used. And, and when I was coming out of that movie, I remembered your friend Dell telling me about Ima's home. And I just wonder if God wants to use this property to help you in what God has called you to do. So I kept talking to her. This is the story where we're at right now. This evening, Nancy and I are flying to the Philippines. We have some great pastors that are going with us to spend 10 days at Ima's home. I'll be back for the November the 12th service. This woman is flying to the Philippines at the same time. She's going to come and visit Ima's home. And next Sunday, I'm going to visit this property and just ask God, what do you want to do with this? And I just feel like that the steps that have happened was because there was a moment that I was willing to participate. I had already said, this isn't what I can do right now, Lord. This is more than I can handle. But when I revisited that moment and said, Lord, whatever you want, it's like God said, listen, there is a catch of fish if you'll just launch out and let down your nets and you'll be surprised what I will do. Get out of your comfort zone. I just ask your prayers on that. I don't know the end of it. I don't know what's going to happen in this situation. I don't know what the, the, the conversation is going to be like next Sunday. But, but I covered your prayers. And I felt to share this today because I feel like that it's a moment of participation. I can tell you that throughout my life, following and watching my father, pastoring with my father, become, father becoming the pastor of Life Church, that most of the things that you see at Life Church are not things that we planned. It's things that God asked us to do that were outside of our comfort zone. I know, listen, I'm in Friendswood today and, and I'm speaking to League City. I'm speaking to the Houston campus. And, and I know that there are many Sundays that I have the feeling, man, I wish we were just all in one building this morning. I know some of you feel the same way. But there was something that was planted in my heart for these multiple campuses 30 years ago. And, and listen, I'm not out of my comfort zone yet. I know that when Jesus goes somewhere and when he asked me to go with him, the big ask is that many times he's going to ask me to do something that I don't want to do or don't expect to do. And Simon did not want to go back out fishing, but he did. And here's the story of Simon Peter. Jesus was not after fish, okay? He, he's, it's, it's not because he's hungry. Everybody say Jesus isn't hungry. This isn't the thing. Jesus wasn't about getting a trophy fish or, or being able to walk around saying, man, you, you can't believe how many fish we caught today. That, that, that's not, I, I, I went fishing one time, I caught a fish this big. <laughs> it's not about the bragging. This is what the fishing trip was about. Jesus was after Simon. He's, he's not after fish. He's after Simon. He, he, he's after the one who owns the boat. He, he, he's the, he, he, his focus isn't on the boat even. His, his focus isn't on the fish. His focus is on Simon. And, and Jesus knew what the boat, what the livelihood, what the career, what it meant to Simon. I mean, we know that after Jesus uh, was crucified before he was risen. Simon went back fishing. Remember, this is something that is ingrained in him. And, and, and so he used what meant something to Simon 
to gain access to the heart of Simon. The miracle of participation isn't that God is after what you do or that God is after what you have. And I listen, there's so many people that the first thing that we start talking about when we talk about legacy and giving, oh, they just want what I have. That, that's not it. What, what we want as a church is we want what God has for you. And we know that being generous is part of our walk with God. And, and, and that's what God is doing here. He is not after who Simon is or what Simon has. He's after Simon. Think about it with me. It's not that Simon doesn't care for the mother-in-law. It's not that he wasn't impressed or or moved by the miracles. It's just that he was at that moment a spectator. But when Jesus gets into the boat, fishing is his life. He's worked hard. He's built dreams. and, And right there, Simon's heart was in the fishing. It was in the life. I, I, I just know that Jesus wants whatever we do for him to move us. It's not out of just the norm. It's not out of just routine. It's because our heart is in it. Simon, look at this amazing catch of fish that has moved you so much. Guess what? That's how you're going to fish for men. The visual that he's planning in his mind. Jesus says the thing that I want is the thing that moves you. It, it's your fishing boat, Simon. That's why I'm here. That's why this catch of fishing. And I would just ask everybody that is listening in all of our campuses, what is your fishing boat? What is it? We all have one. What is it that we have? It's not only what we have, what we do. And that's where God wants to just move in because God is after us. He's after you. He's not after the boat. He, he, he's not after the fish. He's after you. But he knew that when he was on the boat and he had the miracle that that would open Simon's heart to participate. There's something about participation that moves our heart. Life church has always been, as long as I can remember, a very generous, giving church. We've given $10 million plus away. We've given money monthly. We've, we've built buildings all over the world. We're not done. But you know, there's a root of that generosity. And I'm going to tell you the story of it. It happened before I was even born. It happened in the late 50s when my father and mother first started Life Tabernacle at the time was the name of the church. And they were running these bus routes. They would have these school buses that they rented. Sometimes we bought them and And we would go into neighborhoods on Saturday and we'd knock doors. We'd invite children to come to church. And and, uh, then on Sunday morning, we would get up early and we would go. Of course, I wasn't born. This is it happened for many, many years. I was involved in it when I was a young boy and a young teenager. And on one particular Sunday, there was a little girl that got on one of the buses. One of the things that we taught the kids that came to church is, Bring a little offering, even if it's just a penny, you know, bring something. It's, a, it's teaching them to be givers and be generous. And, and this little girl woke up, woke up that morning, she had no money, but she had a flower. She brought the flower to church. And when she got on the bus, the story, and I've heard it secondhand, but the story was that she was very careful. She wouldn't let anybody touch it. This is my offering, she kept saying. This is what I'm bringing to God today. I I don't have anything but this flower, but I'm going to give this flower. And so when the time came for the offering to take place, she gave the flower and the, the, the Sunday school teacher heard the story and she went in and told dad at that time we'd have Sunday school for an hour and then church for an hour. And so dad gets up to the stage or the platform at that time and, and he has this flower and he tells the story 
And he tells the story is, I wonder if our heart would be open to give like this little girl who has given this prized possession of the flower. And I talked to my sisters about it this week. They said that when that happened, there were people that were all over the church that God moved on them and they started standing and saying, Pastor, I'm going to give this amount to missions. I'm going to give this amount to missions. And, and this started a trend in our church where for over 30 years, we've given more, actually 40 years now that I think about it, we've given over $400,000 a year away. It's still a part of our life. The flower was her prized possession for a few moments, but God looked at that and said, this is a way into the heart. Just as he said, it's a way into the heart of Simon Peter if I get on the boat. I wonder, does that move anybody today? Does that... Talk to your heart. It's always a question that we should be asking ourselves. It's, it's going to be a big ask. It's, it's, it's not going to be because of our feelings. It, it's not about the gift. It's about you. God is looking for you. Jesus said, launch out. Let down your nets. Everybody say nets. And, and I, look, I, I know my time is, is quickly going, but I do want to mention something to you. He's asking Simon to participate in in an area where Simon has already failed. He's already failed. He's already fished all night and caught nothing. Was it a little bit of a dig in him when he hears Jesus and say, let's go fishing again I've already tried this, God. I've given up for the day. I'm washing my nets. And, and Jesus was telling Simon Peter, what I want to do is to work on areas that you've already given up on, but I haven't given up on them. Because I can see. See, the miracle of participation is my fourth and last point. God can use you in spite of you. God can use you in spite of you. Most people don't get involved with what God's doing is because they look at their life and like Simon, they'll say, I am a sinful man. I am a sinful woman. I'm a failure. I've disqualified myself. I'm going to miss out on the miracle of participation because I've already excluded myself from you using me, God. And, and, and the miracle happens in Simon. It's happened because he says, okay, Lord, but just at your request, I'm going to go out and I'm going to throw, I'm going to throw out one net. I'm going to participate just enough to get by. And, 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 and God isn't intimidated by Simon's failure of fishing. He's not intimidated by your failures. Does anybody in the room have any failures? Anybody in Houston, you have any failures? Anybody in Leaks? Of course we have failures. I don't believe that Simon and James and John and Andrew, I don't believe that they were the only two boats on the Sea of Galilee that day. And this is what I really appreciate about Jesus. Jesus didn't walk down the shore looking for the biggest boat. He he, he wasn't looking for the boat where the guys had a lot of fish. He, He wasn't asking who is the best fisherman? What is the best crew? What is the best boat? Who catches the most fish? That's not what he was interested in. He goes to the boat where they have given up. He goes to the boat where they had quit, where they had caught nothing. It teaches us that Jesus is nothing like us. Because what we would have done is we would have been asking, who does the best? You know, we want to go out with the best. And Jesus says, I can take 
what seems to be a failure and make it the best. I'm just looking for somebody that will participate. He's looking for people that have tried and failed and they've hung up their nets and they said, I can't do it. And this is what I felt when I was studying this. I felt like, listen to me, please, that today I would be preaching to someone that is washing their nets. Someone who is saying, God, I can't, I won't, I've tried and I've failed. And just because you've failed before, just because you've failed up to this point, doesn't mean that God can't get involved in your life and help you find the success in the area where you've previously failed. I I mean, I love the fact that he says, Simon, let's go right back to the same area where you've been fishing. (laughs) It's not like, Simon, look, I think you messed up. Let's go around the bend here. I, I know that there's an area here where there's a lot of fish. No, he said, let's go right back to where you were at, Simon. Because it's not about you and it's not about the fish. It's about me. It doesn't matter if you didn't catch anything. The difference is that I am now on the boat. I am involved. The miracle of participation is that God changes us by involving us. You you get involved in God's business. You know what? He's going to want to get involved in your business. You, you, You get involved in God's work. He's going to want to get involved in your work. You get involved in God's house. He's going to want to get involved in your house. He changes us by involving us. And and of course, the story ends, spectacular end. Spectacular end where they let down their net and there's so many they have to call for other. Their boats almost sink because they have so many fish in them. The nets are breaking. And it's at this moment, not when the mother-in-law gets up from her, de- her, her sick bed, not, not when the people are healed, not when the devils are cast out. It's at this moment that Simon Peter falls on his knees and says, look, depart from me. I am a sinful man. I, I didn't believe you. I didn't have faith. I, and Jesus looks at Simon and he says, Simon, it's not about the boat. It, it's not about the great catch. It's about you. Take a good look at this, Simon. These fish and the, 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 the multitude because I'm calling you to be a fisher of men. One day, Simon, you're going to stand and you're going to speak to thousands on one day and, and they're going to be converted. You're going to bring in messages around this area that will cause people To be changed. Whatever you do. Whatever the blessing is. God has moments that he'll say to us. It's not about the boat. It's not about the catch. It's about you being a fisher of men. Listen Life Church. I feel like God is calling us to a sacred moment. I feel like God is calling us. To sacred assemblies. I feel like God is calling us. That in this season that we're in he wants to participate with us and we have to open our hearts and say God whatever you want 2024 I believe is going to be an incredible year for us we're going to be relaunching the Houston campus at our new location off of Preston we're we're believing that God is going to provide for us for, for Friendswood and, 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 and to have the meeting place that we need for this location. I'm thankful for where we're at, but I know that God has something else. And, and listen, it's not because we want to brag, oh, we've got this church or we've got this building. It's, it's not because we want to, 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 to impress people. It's because, listen, we are going fishing. We're going fishing. We're fishing in Friendswood. We're, we're fishing in League City. We're fishing in the, 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 the area of South Houston. We're going fishing and we're fishing for marriages that are broken. And people have said we can't make it. And we're fishing for kids. And we're fishing for people who have lost their way. We're, 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 it's not about a building. Come on, Lord, get in the building with us. But, but it's about the fish. It's about our heart. It's about us building Sacred communities where we 
are God-loving and God-fearing and God-worshipping. And that's the communities that we build where God says, that's where I will show up. That's where I will show up. You want to know the reason that we do church the way that we do? Because we're fishing. We're fishing for kids. We're fishing for the next generation. We're fishing for families. We're fishing for individuals. We're fishing for people that feel isolated and alone and don't have any place to go. We're fishing for people that don't fit in anywhere else, but they fit in with us because they want to be a part of the family of God. It is the miracle of participation. Listen, I... I hope you'll understand what I say here at the close of this sermon. I have lived my life around preachers and great ministers, and they have had such an impact on my life. I, I, I'll never take for granted the, the impact that I have had in my life from incredible preachers. and My, my father, I, I'll never take for granted the impact that he made on my life. My mother, th- those two, they're, they're the greatest impact. But... But I want to tell you that growing up in Life Church, there are other people that impacted me as much or more as any visiting pastor evangelist that came through. I think about when I was just a young boy in this church. I sat on the front row, not voluntarily. <laughs> That's where Dad said, uh, "Yeah, you're sitting on the front row," and. That was so he could keep his eye on me. And many times from the platform, I'd hear a snap or straighten up. But growing up, every Sunday, I saw a man step to the stage named N.A. Morris. And he would lead us in worship. The first worship leader of Life Tabernacle. All volunteer. Gave himself sacrifice for the church, loved Life Tabernacle. His daughters are still a part of our church. I don't know if they're at the Houston campus today or not, but the miracle of participation, how God used that man. I I, I think all the time of a man named Bernard Garrett, a guy that maybe a lot of people didn't even know in Life Tabernacle or Life Church, but Whenever there was a moment to help somebody in need, to cook for people, Bernard would show up. He would cook meals, deliver meals, help. I think about Joyce Appelant, who was so willing to serve in whatever place. I, I know that in this life they didn't receive a lot of accolades and recognition, but Oh, what it will be like when we get to glory. You see, there is something that is powerful about serving. And I'm going to say this, and I don't want to say it to cause anybody to back away, but I want you to understand serving is the first step that God wants to do in your life to move you into the realm of ministering. When I serve, I'm opening my heart to participate. And as I participate, God opens the door for me to make a difference. Stand with me at all of the campuses. Simon Peter, maybe one of the most known names in all the world. Around the world, there are big, beautiful buildings that are built that have the name Simon Peter on them. Churches around the world. Historical sites around the world. Simon Peter. If he would not have participated, what would his legacy have been? It probably would have been a good legacy for his family at that time. He probably would have passed... His business home to his son. I I, I don't know. But I know that because he was willing to participate. 
that God changed him. And he preached and had some of the greatest revelations of who Jesus is and what Jesus wanted to do. Anyone in the history of the church. I'm thankful today. And I just encourage you. Whatever your boat is, let Jesus get on board. Whatever your boat is, participate. Maybe it's serving. Maybe it's giving. Maybe it's going. But whatever it is, this is the call of the hour. God, let me do what you want me to do. Let me live the best life that I can live following you in Jesus' name. Lord, thank you so much for today. I have so enjoyed the presence of the Lord that I have felt here at the Friendswood campus. Amazing worship and moments of your presence just invading. And I know that, Lord, it's the same at League City and Houston, I have no doubt. God, I know why you've called us to have a church here. I know why you've called Life Church to do the things that we're doing. You want us to go fishing, God. You, you, you want to use us, dear Lord. I, I know you love us. There's no doubt about that. You've shown that over and over again. You love us enough, dear Lord, that you call us to that next level. I'm praying, dear Lord, as we start this legacy series, that there would be something in the heart of our church that would just say, Lord, we're ready to participate with whatever you want. We surrender, not just a part or a portion, but we surrender all to you, oh God. Use us, Lord. Use us to fish. Use us to work. Use us for your glory and for the growth of your kingdom. I pray it in Jesus' name. Everybody said in Jesus' name. Amen. Live Church, I love you. I'm going to turn this to our worship teams at all of the locations. And, and, and this is what I would ask you over the next couple of weeks. Think about, think about participating. God, what, where do you want me? Where do you want me to serve? Where do you want me to give? Where do you want me to be involved to minister? Let this be a year where we say we will do what you want us to do, Lord. And let's just see what God would do. How, how many of you would like to see our nets break? Because there's so many fish. I, I, I want to I see that kind of catch. Lord, let us have the faith to let down all of our nets, not just one. Let us participate with you in Jesus' name. God bless you. Love you.